Welcome to the Podcast Launchpad, where you'll learn the tools you need to use your podcast to be a go-to expert in your field, expand your audience, and get more clients. I'm your host, Kelly. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Podcast Launchpad. I had planned on doing an episode today on creating goals for your podcast, but I'm pushing that off to next week. Some shit has been coming up in my life over the past few weeks, so I thought it would be more timely to talk about this topic. I've got two chronic illnesses that I've struggled with since my teens. One of them I talk about freely, and the other I rarely mention, though I did talk about it in an interview I did on Steph Blake's Behind Their Business podcast a few months ago. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. I want to talk about them with you and chronic illness in general, because they really affect how you run your business and your podcast. Podcasting takes up significant time. I talked about Podfade in episode 36, what is Podfade and how do I prevent it? So Podfade is when you unexpectedly quit your podcast. The average podcaster quits their podcast at around seven episodes. This tends to happen because you don't know what to expect from podcasting and you get overwhelmed. Now, this can happen even more easily when you have a chronic illness because you're managing your illness while running your business, and now you've added podcasting into the mix. If you aren't prepared for the extra time and energy that a podcast takes, you'll burn out fast. If you have a chronic illness, especially what they call a, quote, invisible illness, then you understand how you really have to manage your energy. And you've probably heard that spoon analogy, like you have only a certain number of spoons and you have to decide very carefully where you're going to use them before you run out of them. And I thought this would be a particularly relevant topic to discuss with y'all as women, because we tend to carry more burdens when it comes to childcare and household duties, you know, that is when we're in a partnership. And when we're single moms, then obviously we're doing all the work. So the illnesses that I have are chronic migraine and bipolar disorder. They've both been under control for the past six years, but it took a shit ton of work to get here. And it still takes significant effort to make sure that I stay stable with them both now. Too much stress or sleep deprivation could trigger them easily. And that means overworking could trigger them. I used to get migraines more than half of every month. They started when I was 12. I would go to school with them. I would work through them. I ran my business with them. Nothing I tried would prevent them. No diet, no medication, no lifestyle changes. Now, I appreciate the sentiment, but please don't send me any suggestions. I've truly tried everything various medications, elimination diets, essential oils, meditation, various types of exercise, managing sleep and stress, which do help, naturopathy, chiropractic, Ayurveda, you name it, I've done it. What finally worked was getting scalp injections of Botox every three months. Total frickin' lifesaver. I now get only about five migraines every month, and I can totally get rid of those in a few hours instead of having them last three to five days. 
I mean, that is seriously a miracle. Five migraines probably sounds like a lot, but it is really nothing compared to half of every month and being able to get rid of them in a couple of hours instead of three to five days is totally manageable. Now, what I used to do before the Botox work-wise was cram in as much work as I could between migraines, knowing that I'd be pretty much useless for half of the month. Again, I still worked through the pain of migraines when I could, but sometimes I had to cancel everything and stay in bed for five days at a time. My current strategy is I still make a point of working when I can. It's like, I don't have a migraine, take advantage of it. But I don't cram anymore. I found that cramming in as much as possible triggered migraines. The other thing that cramming did was it could trigger hypomania or dysphoria with my bipolar disorder. If you aren't familiar with bipolar disorder, hypomania feels pretty awesome at first. You get a shit ton of work accomplished. You feel high. You don't need much sleep. You can feel on top of the world. But depending on which type of bipolar disorder you have, you run the risk of going into full-blown mania or immediately crashing into dysphoria or massive depression. So a few times I would go into mania. Other times I would go into dysphoria and then crash into depression. One time when I was hypomanic, I published a book in four weeks. That book was more than 250 pages long. I wrote it, edited it, I did the layout, and created the cover. I created a website for it, I marketed it, I pre-sold it. I did all of it, start to finish, one month. I didn't sleep, I barely ate, I spent no time with family or friends, I ignored all of my other responsibilities and focused on nothing but that book. Not good. Then the book came out and I crashed. I didn't feel like promoting it. I felt bored with it. I was just ready to move on to the next thing. I didn't recognize that I had been hypomanic when I created it. I was just in total denial. I had been in denial about having bipolar disorder, even though I had been diagnosed with it for, I I forget how many years at that point. I had my first breakthrough when I was 17, diagnosed when I was 30. Um, So it had been a number of years. And I didn't recognize that crash at first either. It took five months of being in dysphoric depression before I finally went to my doctor to start treatment. Now, it was at about that same time that I started the scalp injections of Botox for the migraines. So I got everything treated at once. I put my business on hold and focused on getting myself in order. And honestly, it was pretty hellish finding the right combination of medications. And it took two years to get stable, migraine-wise and bipolar-wise. 
And again, that was six years ago. Ironically, a few months after getting stable, my then husband and I split. He initiated the split, and what a test of stability that was. The stress did not trigger more migraines, hypomania, or depression. Thank God. What a testament to the right medication and lifestyle habits. I tell you, I was hesitant to start up my business again because I had never found a work routine in the past that had allowed stability. You see, I like to binge. (laughs) I binge watch TV shows, which has always been really helpful for the podcasting I do at Geek Girl Soup. And I binge work. That is, I work in batches. I prefer not to work on many projects at once. I like to focus on one project and then move on. But that's not realistic in business, unless like you're running a single course that's making you enough money for the whole year. But even then, you're still doing other projects, such as social media, blogging, or podcasting. And you know, obviously, that I love podcasting. I've been doing it since January 2012 with Geek Girl Soup. Now, that one's just for fun. But when I started up my business again, I knew that I wanted to start my own podcast as a marketing tool for my business. That was going to be a significant project. So I knew that I had to plan for the time and energy that would take. How would I make that work within my business without triggering migraines or the bipolar disorder? Now, this is a question for anyone with any kind of chronic illness. You know, how do you run your business, add in a podcast, and still manage your life while managing a chronic illness? So, that life part. You know, shit happens. I'm moving my 16-year-old son out of his in-person school to an online homeschool situation because of his chronic migraines. His school starts at 7.20 in the morning, and the sleep deprivation is exacerbating his migraines. Now, there's more to it than that, but the logistics over the past few weeks have been a nightmare. They've been so bad that I ended up not putting out two episodes that I'd planned a couple of weeks ago. I felt like complete shit about that. I mean, I just put such high standards on myself that I felt like a failure for not putting out two episodes. So that's the first thing that you have to do with a chronic illness. You have to go easy on yourself. We already have this extra cart that we're pulling or a limited number of spoons, whatever analogy you prefer. Chronic illness is an extra burden. It's something that most people don't have to consider when planning their goals or even their day. So we need to give ourselves a break when things are tough and we need to plan for things to be tough. So that's the second thing to do. Plan around the chronic illness. Chronic illness isn't necessarily a limiting factor. I mean, it doesn't have to stop us from doing certain things, but it is a factor that we have to consider 
when making decisions. Now, you're listening to this episode, so either you already have a podcast or you're considering starting one. You know that I'm a huge advocate of having a podcast as a marketing tool for your business. But maybe adding a podcast right now is too much. You need to look at what else you've got going on, how many spins you've got left, how many carts you're pulling, and how much energy you've got. Since I'm good at batching and binging, I make podcast work for po- I make podcasting work for me. I record several episodes at once and schedule them in advance. And that's what I recommend working in batches or mini binges. Schedule time to write several episodes at once, then edit them all at once if you're doing the editing yourself. Then schedule the episode several weeks in advance. That way, you can be done for a few weeks. Then you're not working on your podcast every week except for promoting it. The third thing that we have to do is not compare ourselves to other people. Most people don't have to deal with chronic illness. Fewer than 5% of people have chronic migraine. Fewer than 5% of people have bipolar disorder. Whatever chronic illness you're dealing with probably doesn't affect too many people either. What that means is we can feel pretty alone, especially when we have an invisible illness, one that people can't see with their eyes, you know, like if we're not on crutches or in a wheelchair, for example. Most people don't understand what it's like to be in pain every day. Most people don't understand what it's like to be exhausted every day. Most people don't understand what it's like to have stress or foods or travel or lack of sleep trigger a migraine or a massive mood swing. It's tempting to look at someone else's business or podcast and wish that we could have it so quote, easy, and crave the success that they seem to have. We have to stop doing that. In the entrepreneur world, no one makes accommodations for us. We have to make them for ourselves. And we have to create our own success. And that's the fourth thing we have to do. Define success for ourselves. We can achieve any level of success we want. There are no limits. But maybe I'm not willing to risk a five-day migraine or hypomania or full-blown mania in order to become the number one whatever. You have to make that kind of decision for yourself. What level of success feels right to you? What are you willing to do and to risk to get the success that you want. So let me tell you roughly how I run my podcast with two chronic illnesses. First, I try to stick to a set sleep schedule. Sleep is really essential for preventing migraines and bipolar breakthroughs. So I tend to be pretty good about going to bed and getting up at the same time seven days a week. I do slip, which is why I say try and tend to. Second, 
I take my medications religiously. For years before getting stable, I would go on and off of my meds. I learned that I can't do that. So I'm on them for good now. Third, I am precious about when people can schedule time with me. I use HoneyBook for my scheduling system, and I put strict limits on when clients and potential clients can book appointments. I also have only one day a week when I do podcast interviews. Now, yes, there are times when I make exceptions to my rules, but this is really rare. Having these rules in place makes sure that my schedule doesn't get overloaded so that I don't get worn out. Fourth, I schedule certain days and times for working on my podcast. This is my batching or binging time. And I don't have to do it every week since I can schedule several episodes in advance. Fifth, I don't multitask when I'm working on something important. I batch all my important work, such as my podcast, preparing for the live sessions of my Women Podcasters Academy, and doing client work. I shut off email and all notifications during these times so that I'm not distracted and don't get stressed out by some life thing intervening. Sixth, I take little breaks throughout the day. I used to work or binge for several hours at a time with no breaks. I would just get into the flow of things and didn't want to stop. But I learned that I get wiped out doing that. When I binge for too long, then I need a binge nap. But when I take little breaks, I have more sustained energy. Finally, I plan my week in advance. I use iCal for my calendar, but I also write stuff down in a physical planner that I keep on my desk because I like to have a place to scratch off what I've done. So every Sunday, I plan out my week. I transfer my appointments to my physical planner, and I write down my three big goals for the week. But sometimes I have only one big goal if three feels like it's going to be too much. Then every evening, I plan out my next day. I write down what my main tasks are for the next day, and I work around any scheduled appointments or events. So this is why I am so precious with my calendar. Now, I also make sure that I have at least one work day every week with no appointments scheduled. I really like to have as much open time as I can to do creative work. So I, I have to have that one day a week with no appointments in it. All right. I hope these tips help you. And I'd love to hear how you manage your chronic illness in your business and with your podcast. You can email me at hello at AngelaKellysmith.com. You can DM me on Instagram or you can leave comments on this episode's page on my website. And get in touch the same way if you have any questions. I would really love to hear from you. Thanks so much for being here. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Podcast Launchpad. Be sure to follow so you don't miss a single episode. And if you have any comments or questions, feel free to email or send me a DM on Instagram. Follow the links in the show notes. I really appreciate you for being here. See you next time on the Podcast Launchpad.